Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, uh, how are you doing? I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm need, I'm, I got my nose in my Twitter feed. <laughs> Hi. Just sharing some of the stuff with you. Um, and just as I was about to not say this, I see somebody, uh, Megan Harris from 90.5 WESA, apparently just interviewed my very old buddy, Jeff Goldblum. And she's, this is classic. She says, a few hours ago, Jeff Goldblum let me ask him anything I liked for nearly an hour. Before I left his hotel, we slow danced as he sang, stay, little Valentine, stay softly in my ear. Oh, God. (laughs) Ah, he's such a charmer. God almighty. He's a cute character and and a true charmer. And then... It appears that WTAE, I don't know if other people have it too, has the video of uh, John Block, the publisher of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's meltdown, in the newsroom, and they put just a four-second clip on Twitter. That's what I was, I was looking at. You, it's, it's shot way from the back, but you can hear him slapping the sign and screaming, take this... And it says, TAE is saying, uh, only on Channel 4, see the full video of what sources tell me was a complete meltdown by publisher John Block on WTATV News at 11. Why are they holding it till 11 tonight? You don't hold anything anymore. It's crazy. Don't hold it. We demand immediacy. We demand immediacy. Now. And speaking of now, for all I know, the president, who, by the way, has been rousted uh, up earlier to his presidential duties um, than he normally is. We understand that usually his executive time, which amounts to eating Big Macs, lying in bed and tweeting and watching Fox and Friends, um, usually lasts until 11 in the morning. But um, his scheduled (coughs) speech is now... I don't know if it's happening now, um, and um, where he'll begrudgingly sign uh, the the uh, the bill to uh, fund the government, but that doesn't give him anywhere near enough money for his wall. So it's also believed he will then declare a state of national emergency. <laughs> I I'm not that is not a laugh. There has to be a there should be another noun for whatever that was I just did. That's not laughter. <laughs> it's um, it's not laughter. And and then this other thing I saw, I'm just going to um, quickly, I mean this is literally within two minutes of checking my Twitter feed. I also find out that, w- and I shouldn't even mention her name, <clears throat> the horrific uh, attention-seeking and getting it, this is why we shouldn't do it, Wendy Bell, who has uh, reemerged uh, from her exile from WTAE, the aforementioned uh, television station, is now on KDKA radio, has declared her love, literally, for the sexist post-Gazette um, car- political cartoonist to replace the great Rob Rogers. Uh, she thinks he's hysterical. She says that's the reason she gets the paper. <laughs> I, you know, and um, our Ryan Dito, our reporter here at City Papers, said, uh, man, thanks, Katie. There are l- likely hundreds of eager and willing journalists that will take her spot with gusto and enthusiasm. She also complains in this video she posted that one of the really hard things about getting the job at KDK is she has to start paying attention to the news. And the news, you know, it's just so... Tell me about it, dearie. 
but if that's the job, you don't bitch about it. Or if that's the job, then don't take the job. Anyway, okay, that's it. Uh, quite a, a busy news day, no doubt. Uh, oh, God, Dito is going nuts uh, tweeting about her. He should just calm down. Ryan, calm down. So I understand that uh, Donald Trump is now officially obese. That's at least uh, one fact that's come out of his, uh, his medical uh, going over. However, uh, I happened to have, what was it, CNN on last night, Chris Cuomo, who I don't know why is wound so tight he makes me nervous looking at him. So I rarely watch him. Um, but he was saying, and he showed a number of pictures, that the president's uh, doctors say that he's six foot three inches tall, the president. And Chris Cuomo showed a number of shots of him and the president standing side by side, and he is taller, Chris Cuomo, than Donald Trump. And Chris Cuomo says, and I ain't six three. <laughs> so how, so that means that the information that they're giving out about the president's health, they're starting with uh, doctored, pun intended, with doctored facts, uh, vital statistics. So Trump is not six foot three, because Cuomo says on a good day he's maybe six two, and he's easily an inch or so taller than the president. So um, if the president's BMI clocks in at obese at six foot three, one can only imagine how truly obese he is if you drop his height down to where it is meant to be. Anyway, oh dear God. So, uh, you know, the big news today is that the president, in ending one crisis uh, by signing this measure, uh, is sending us hurling, hurtling, maybe both would work, into um, yet another. And this one uh, even in more uh, potentially catastrophic in terms of what it uh, presages for the dissolution of the structures of our and strictures of our national government. He's a, he is a destroyer. He's a he's a dis extraordinarily destructive force. And uh, so we have as president this extraordinarily destructive force that if not working on behalf of one of our greatest enemies, Russia, is doing, as somebody said, a really good imitation of it. So, which adds to the destructive force uh, nature of, uh, of the reality. So one of the reasons I was uh, tuned in to like, CNN last night is I, I realized that um, I should at least educate myself, and I felt that was the easiest way to do it, and hear what people were saying about if he declares a national emergency, what does that mean? Where does he pull money from? And I mean, one thing that became very clear, if he starts on his own, uh, with the national emergency, which of course is not an emergency. Um, if it were an emergency, why didn't he take any action the minute he became the president? It was an emergency, actually it was more of an emergency two years ago. Uh, by all indications, there are fewer uh, people crossing the border now. There have been uh, no uh, terrorists causing death that have come across uh, that border. Uh, I mean, there, there, there is absolutely uh, no way that in reality that you could argue 
that there is a national uh, emergency. The caravans uh, of migrants that are heading our way are composed uh, of mostly of families who are not invading. They are actually following the law. They're coming here. They're not trying to breach police and requesting asylum. That is a totally legal action. That is not a criminal action. There is no emergency. And all the drugs that are supposedly stopping and the terrorists that are supposedly stopping, they come into this country usually on airplanes. They say hi to the TSA. They say hi to the customs people. They show passports, and in they come. This is what's unprecedented about this is, of course, that this is a national emergency of his imagination in real time and reality. It does not exist. So all of this will end up in a million court cases. Boy, lawyers are licking their chops. Um, it sets an ex obviously an extraordinarily bad precedent uh, for future presidents, and, and this is one of the reasons that a lot of Republicans are freaking out about this. And actually, when I did turn on CNN, you know who was there? Rick Santorum. Uh, when I saw his face, I almost turned it off immediately, but amazingly, Santorum is against the president doing this, and he's against it because he knows damn well that precedent is a very powerful thing. And if this president gets away with this, then the next president, who could well be some progressive, some woman, some black person, some Democrat, could then say, well, the president was able to declare a national emergency for an absolutely uh, a fantasy of his own making, but uh, gun deaths in this country are no fantasy. They are a reality, and I am declaring a national emergency until we get our guns in order, or climate change, or whatever. You know, a real emergency. And so Santorum and uh, a lot of other uh, folks who normally are not uh, um, on our side um, find themselves on, uh, on this side. And as it turns out, and what I found out is, so even if the House, uh, which it will, will immediately pass a resolution if he does this, saying um, that uh, he cannot do so because there is um, a check uh, to have both houses of Congress pass a resolution. Um, the Senate, it appears, the Republican-controlled Senate would also agree with such a resolution. Here's the problem, though. It then goes to Trump's desk and he would veto it. The House would, well, the House doesn't override vetoes, does it? No, just the Senate. It's unclear whether they would be able to um, override his veto in the Senate. Uh, dear God, it's exhausting, huh? That's why I'm going on vacation today. Yep. I was thinking um, in the elevator on the way up here, you know, as I often do, I often think about, um, as you know, those of you who followed me for decades, I, th I, I like thinking about Ben Franklin being with me and experiencing what I'm experiencing because I just know the wonder that he would feel at life in these United States that he was so central in helping create. Um, so I find it 
I find it thrilling to imagine his reactions and, and in so doing to remind myself of how much human experience and possibilities have changed in really a blink of an eye. A few hundred years is a blink of an eye. And I was thinking as I rode up the elevator, and Ben has already been taking elevator rides with me and has been astonished, but um, I was thinking, God, so here I am in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, late morning, and I am going to go to bed tonight, same day, in California. And that's the kind of thing that somebody living when Ben Franklin lived would, what? Imagine a trip to California from Philly <laughs> or Pittsburgh. I mean, doesn't that ever, I, doesn't it just blow your mind in that regard how easy our lives are? How extraordinary uh, the, our reach, potential reach is that we can geographically, it's, it's sort of like, you know, on, on Star, Star Trek, it's like, you know, being able to, what was that called, when they just sort of beam, just beam yourself up. I mean, we look at that like, oh, wow, wouldn't that be neat? Well, you know, me putting my head down on a pillow tonight in California um, is to somebody from Benjamin Franklin's generation as amazing as uh, beam me up, Scotty, right? So anyway, I, it's one of the ways I, I, I try to keep myself in a positive frame uh, one of, of gratitude and awe, and it's hard for me to do it without, again, doing this little trick I do, imagining somebody like Ben. You can pick your own person, uh, you know, just his astonishment. Uh, I'm just going to meander today. I suppose our, if I have a feeling that because the show airs at 10, a lot of you news junkies are well, I don't know um, if you're capable of, of it, are choosing to watch um, <laughs> you-know-who <laughs> creating, uh, being his wondrous self and creating uh, yet another uh, constitutional crisis in the United States. Um, but I'm also aware that most people actually uh, will listen to the show uh, later so just so you know, the president is speaking now, um, and um, I'm thrilled that I don't have to. I can talk instead, and I don't have to listen to him. I'm just going to be, and, and a, a reminder, obviously, that I'm not going to be here next week. Um, uh, little Tony writes, Wendy Bell is full of shit. Well, that's concise. <laughs> All right. What else do you have to say, Tony? She wants people to talk about her. Well, here we go. She's like Trump. No matter if it's good or bad, she's not worth any attention. I hear, isn't it funny how we say that and then we talk about her? Stop. I hear that ratings for radio stations come out later this month. I don't know anyone who likes Katie's new format. I don't either. It's no longer talk radio. That is true. It's just sound. It's sound and commercials. It's it's really sad. Uh, hope the ratings show that people are not as gullible as Katie Kate management thinks. You know, um, KDKA, by virtue of its 50,000 watts and its being the biggest station in town, has never cared about the quality of its broadcasting since, at least since I've been here. Uh, they own it. They own radio in this town. Um, and with the older population who still know what the AM band is, that's the only sh that's the only game in town. So whether or not their ratings take a hit, I'm sure their ratings have taken a hit just by virtue of the aging of the population and younger people not having a clue what an AM band is, right? So, eh, uh, uh, 
it is what it is. And again, it's sad. It's uh, a once powerful um, media organ uh, that had quality programming uh, went over to, as J.R. Robinson likes to say, the dark side, although we're talking about different sides, um, and when it, when it joined the Rush Limbaugh clone crowd. And that was in the uh, late 80s, right? Or mid 80s, because I've been doing battle with them almost my entire radio career. Anyway, we have a caller. Caller, hello. Hi, Lynn. Hello. How are you doing? I'm okay. Um, I don't know if you caught this clip. I, I didn't watch that rally. I never, you know, I never watch that shit. But did you see Donald Trump Jr. say about how they're teaching socialism in schools, the loser teachers? He said the loser teachers right at the rally. And, you know, it's like uh, socialism from cradle to grave, as they always say, or welfare from cradle to grave. What I'd like to ask them, when they got the tax cut, was that not socialism? Well, another thing I want to ask them, when the stadiums are paid for, is that not socialism? It's taxpayer money funded from the taxpayers. When they build the roads to their Walmarts, to their plants, is that not socialism? See, these guys want it both ways. They want their socialism, their corporate welfare, but when it comes to the little people that are working, oh, no, you can't. Socialism is no damn good. The biggest socialism program in the country right now is the military. It houses people, it feeds them, it gives them jobs. So we have socialism in this country, but they like to make that the boogeyman and the bad thing, socialism. I don't give a shit about it. There's nothing wrong with it. You can have a nice, like I always talk before about having a nice, but it amazes me how it's okay for his rich buddies and all his friends and that to get these tax cuts and all these perks, and that's not considered socialism. It is. Yeah, well, I think... Most people don't know what socialism is. They don't have a clue. No. And the fact is, socialism is a huge, you know, umbrella term that encompasses, uh, you know, what? You could say everything <coughs> from Hugo Chavez's Venezuela disaster to uh, Sweden, right? Which is... Uh, right. I mean, I, and, and of course, we've got little bits of socialism and, and mixed into our, um, our very capitalistic... Uh, country but um yeah people don't know what it is but it's been demonized it, it, it it's no different than communism to uh right-wingers it's it's they see it as government uh taking over where only the private sector should be able to rape and pillage oh god right okay hey thank you appreciate okay it. thank you okay bye okay bye 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 hey <coughs> Um, the, the, the aforementioned Pittsburgh Post-Gazette does today, in its art section, have a really good rundown of uh, the Black Bottom Film Festival, which starts tonight at the August Wilson Cultural Center. And um, I, I just want to flag that for you. That, that, this is the third year of the Black Bottom Film Festival. And they screen old classics, they screen new stuff that you would otherwise have trouble perhaps seeing. You gotta go see when these things are, are, are airing. They're, they will be shown not only at the August Wilson Center, but some, I believe, are being shown at the, um, why do I want to say the Rex Theater, but that's not right. What's the one in Lawrenceville? Uh, anyway, the one in Lawrenceville. Uh, Film screenings include Children of Nan, Rock Rubber, 45s, Generations, uh, The Wiz, which, by the way, will be free for children, uh, For Love of Ivy, Sweet Sweetbacks, Badass Song, that's a good oldie, Life and Nothing More, Hale County This Morning, uh, that is uh, a documentary that is that is, unlike Mr. Rogers' documentary, that is up for an Oscar uh, this time around and is supposed to be really, really good. Hale County this morning, this evening. That's the whole, the whole title. You know, I, when I say that, it just makes me think, those of us who just assumed that Mr. Rogers' documentary would not only be nominated, but would in all likelihood perhaps win, um, 
we did the same thing we did assuming Hillary would win. When are we going to learn? When are we going to learn that you don't throw the party, you don't, you know, I, you just until the votes are in, until you know. Boy, we do it a lot. I also want to say that during the Black Bottom Film Festival, oh, Row House Cinema, that's what I'm trying to think of. Row House Cinema in Lawrenceville will have some of these uh, movies, and the August Wilson Cultural Center will um, have, I think, uh, most of them. <coughs> they will be bringing actors and actresses in in some of these movies <coughs> who will do questions and answer sessions uh, after some and also hold some acting work workshops. Uh, there'll be a screenwriting workshop with Gerard Brown. Uh, there's going to be a trivia um, game hosted by Boom Concepts uh, titled That Should Have Won an Oscar. It's a movie trivia thing. There's all this fun going on at the Black Bottom Film Festival. Just another thing happening at the August Wilson Cultural Center. 20 films they're going to be showing, writing and acting workshops, panel discussions, Blah, blah, blah. Go to the website for the information that you need. I have a call. Caller, go ahead, please. Hey, it's Jonathan. How you doing? Hi, Jonathan. Hi. So since you're meandering today, yes. uh, I'll throw a couple things. Uh, one, I, I agree with you about the air travel thing. I think to myself, okay, I'm walking through this door. I'm going to sit in a chair. And then when the door opens, I'm going to be across the country or wherever. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, so you Crazy. do it, too. You do it, too. It is. I do it, too. And, yeah, and I think about what you said, that, boy, if I could go back to, you know, people like Franklin and, and tell them about this, they'd they just be amazed. Or if I would say to them, hey, I have this little slab of glass. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it it. it uh, it can tell me where to go. It reaches up to satellites in space and then uh -huh. tells me it, it's just, you know, and does all these other things. Exactly. It's just well, amazing. You know where yeah. my head is then. Thank you. I think some people yeah, think start raving mad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's keeping the sense of awe and wonder, which is, exactly. which is great not to take it for granted. But speaking of technology, um, you know, I love technology. I'm geeky like that. Um, and I was so proud of my 16-year-old daughter because I told her, hey, I tried this cool new thing at, at Giant Eagle where you, you go in and you uh, scan the barcodes with a scanner or an iPhone or any phone as you're walking around. And then you, you bag it and you go up to the checkout and you, you scan the checkout and you go on your way, you know, without the long lines or anything. And first words out of her mouth, what about the jobs? Good for her. And yes, I was very Good proud. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> what said, about the yeah, people who I used told her. to do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. And I said, you know what, honey, you're you're absolutely right. I gave it a try because I'm I'm into that stuff. I'm geeky like that, but I'm not going to make it a habit. No. And you know what? You know what? I remember saying I will never use an automatic. I will never self check myself out when they started that, because. Um, what are those people supposed to do? They're trying to get rid of jobs and having us do the work. <laughs> I thought at least give us a discount if we're going to check ourselves, our, <laughs> check ourselves out and then pay you. Um, and, you know, the people who say, oh, don't worry, there'll be other jobs created. No, the jobs being created are jobs for, you know, for people with, different skills and they're, you know, higher IQs probably and all, you know, what are people who are not, you know, uh, rocket scientist material supposed to do? What are they supposed exactly. to do to have a life of dignity? It's mind boggling. Hey, as long as I have you and then I have to move on because I have another caller. Um, I think of you because you're the only one I know who's a Turner, Turner classic movie, not like me. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. There is the most annoying thing on, on that network that I literally run screaming from the room. It's <laughs> the use of the word curate. 
And, oh, really? Uh, I haven't noticed that. All right. Well, it's in between <laughs> the films. And sometimes they have this woman. There's two women. One woman who talks about the films. And she's always saying something like, we've curated the... You know, instead of saying, we chose for you, curate, curate, curate. And then there's that stupid-ass thing where they now have a Turner Classic Movie Wine Club where somebody has curated the perfect wine to go with when you're watching the Philadelphia story. Like, give me a friggin' break. And they must say, curate, curated, especially for you. And I start throwing things at the television. I don't want to be alone in that annoyance anymore. So I've decided, I thought to myself before this, I gotta tell Jonathan so now he can be annoyed if he isn't already. <laughs> yeah, well now I'm gonna be, and I did think you were going for the the wine club commercials because they're they're constant. Oh. <laughs> and and the only way I I tell myself okay I'm gonna tolerate this is I don't know how that station uh, pays for itself how well, they make money. There's no commercials which I love. The wine and, club. Uh, so I guess. It's, the wine club, but and they're, cur- they're going to be curating everything for us. And, you know, we're going to uh, be so thrilled. Well, thanks a lot. Now I'm just going to hear that <laughs> word all the time. <laughs> uh, thank well, you, you have a wonderful thank vacation. You. Thank you, Jonathan. Love you. Okay. All right. Take care. Love oh, you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, caller, go ahead, please. Hello. Hi. Clarence. Hi, Clarence. Hi. Um, Turner Classic probably pays for gets paid from, you know, your cable bill or whatever. Plus, it's probably owned by some massive conglomerate of stations, so it doesn't matter if it makes money, <laughs> that True. much money, you know. True. And it's part of the service, you know. So, yeah. But the reason why I called <laughs> was the, uh, you know, going back to Franklin. I was sitting there thinking, I don't need to go back to Franklin. I can go back to me in, like, 1985 okay. <laughs> and say, oh, by the way, you know, Clarence, uh, we're going to have this thing called an iPhone. You'll be able to do all this stuff, take pictures, record video, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and, you know, travel you know, travel the world, blah, blah, blah. Get the heck out of here. That's Star Trek-level stuff. There's no possible way they're going to have that by 2019. That's you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what amazes me. I always tell kids, I said, imagine, I said, when I was your age, like 18 or so, I had, this was this was Star. I never thought I'd live to see the day that I'd see a communicator from Star Trek. I, I said, it wasn't even in my mind. It wasn't a thought. Even the computer itself, you that know, they, they, those. <laughs> yeah, and I said, can you imagine? I said, imagine what you guys are going to have when you reach my age, if the if the planet's still here. And I always add that. I said, if we're still you know, alive. You know, you're bringing <laughs> up a memory. I remember my brother. Um, and this wasn't that long ago. We were both grown-ups. He was, he was already a father. I remember him saying, hey, come here. You've got to see this. And he had this, I don't know, a computer. Maybe it was a laptop. I don't know what it was. He said, watch what I can do. And he was just doing basic stuff about, look at this. I can. And I remember being astonished at the and that was in my adult life. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Right. I can remember it was my last semester in art school. They brought in the, the, the Apple Macintosh, you know, the, the, yeah. the Macintosh computer, these little tiny little right. things. Right. And they were doing these, you know, little things, and we were sitting there astonished. And I can remember, um, you know, because we did everything by hand back then, but some people did, you know, very few people did stuff on computer. And in the mid-90s, a friend of mine, who we went to art school together, he's from Guam, and he went back to Guam, and then he came back here. And he was doing all his graphics on computer. And I went, ah, dude, that's a freaking crutch, you know? <laughs> he said, okay, we'll see. <laughs> and like the, like, like, the, like the next year, <laughs> I had my computer. Because <laughs> well, you, could, you, could, yeah. you yeah. couldn't survive without it. Yeah, you can't survive without it. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, and the change now that we live through is so fast. Um, it was it's it that's why it's it's actually more fun to drop back to Ben Franklin because I don't know change. Here's, now here's, 
change for them was so much in a more, uh, it happened in a time frame that humans could adjust to, right? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Here's what's interesting about my, you know, being in the graphics field, graphic design field. Mm-hmm. You don't even need me. Well, you know, yeah. even with my even with my computer, because you could just buy or logos, right. or, yeah, yeah, or do it yourself, do clip it yourself. art, and even with uh, the kids who went to school, paid a lot of money. This is part of the reason why Art Institute is going out of business to to, to um, build websites. That's right. You don't need them. You could just buy a template and copy and paste whatever you want. You know, but now with interest, I used to tell people, they said, well, "What do you do?" I said, "Well, I used to be a graphic designer that did caricatures <laughs> on the side." Now I'm a caricaturist that does graphic design on the side because they haven't done it yet. They haven't but built they a robot will. yet. They can sit. They, they can sit there. Yeah. You know, they can sit there and draw you. And that, they haven't done capture. that yet. Yeah. In essence, <laughs> they will. I'm sure. Just a matter of time. None of us. Well, photo booths almost put me. Out. Photo booths almost put me out of business, and then the iPhone put the the photo booths out of business. God, what yeah, a world. So they, what a world. Yeah, so. Hey, thank you. I got another call. I don't know what's going okay. on with you callers today. but Oh, happy you. vacation, by the way. Okay. Hey, thank All you, right. Clarence. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hello, caller. Hello. Good morning, Lance. Mike in D.C. Hi, Mike. Since it's a hodgepodge show. Yes. Um, weeks ago, you had mentioned about who the hell was Marianne Williamson. Yes. So I thought I'd call and tell you who she is. She's running for president, I think. Yes, yes, she is. Um, she's a yeah. She's a so new she AG. wrote a book. Yeah. She wrote a book in the '90s called "A Return to Love," and it's a book based on a spiritual concept called "A Course in Miracles." And um, it's an interesting concept. It's more uh, you train your brain to think good thoughts. Pretty much is what this spiritual concept is. So she wrote this book about that spiritual concept and became a guru for um, uh, became a guru for positive thinking and um, we're all one and think good about the universe. I've read the book several times. It's quite inspirational. And then Oprah found her and she brought her on her show and she's sort of a spiritual guide, I think, or now she's calling herself a friend of Oprah's. Um, but that's the reason that that's who she is. And she probably doesn't have any chance, obviously, of becoming president. Uh, no. But since California is going to be one of the first states for primaries, she's from California. And there are a lot of people that think that way out there. So who knows? Oh, God. I mean, oh, God. Whatever happened to people? Okay. I hear you. Okay, that's her so, qualification. That's okay. her qualification. And if we pick another person, like a millionaire or somebody who's not a professional politician, we deserve what we get. I agree. I, I know agree. people think any idiot can do this. <laughs> and well, we're testing that out right now. We sure are. And it turns out, no. I mean, this guy right. is so in over his head, it's a joke. Yeah. Right. Hey, thank you for that. And so, Paula. Oh, I'm sure. Sorry. I was going to say, professional politicians have gotten a bad name, but there's something to be said about being a professional and an expert at your craft, and I think Democrats really need to pick one of those people. Okay. I don't disagree. Okay. Enjoy your vacation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Um, You may recall that it was a few weeks ago, I think I gave you a heads up, that uh, Amazon was starting to make threats about pulling out of New York. Well, they sure didn't dilly-dally about it, did they? They're out, gone. So all of those cities that fell all over, you know, giving away, you know, their firstborn children to Amazon, anything to one-up the next city to get this Queens and New York City win it, and then they don't give Amazon the proper, I guess, reception. <laughs> and so Amazon, after choosing him, says, well, goodbye. This is most unpleasant. You are questioning us? You are demanding things? What is this? 
Um, I just want to say, yeah, uh, by the way, I did read in the New York Times today that says, and Amazon, in, in its little snitty fit, uh, says it will not like drop back now and pick the runner-up city it had in mind or something. It will instead uh, grow, create more jobs in other places where it has hubs. And the New York Times says, like Boston, Austin, Vancouver, Pittsburgh, and Detroit. So, turns out we might get a few jobs here out of this snit fit, but we won't have had to give away the friggin' store. Um, Elizabeth Warren tweeted this. Amazon, one of the wealthiest companies on the planet, just walked away from billions in taxpayer bribes, all because some elected officials in New York aren't sucking up to them enough. She said it. That is, that is it. Mostly what it was, was, yeah, there were people who, you know, were concerned, like I certainly was, uh, for if it had come here, for the impact on, uh, on the city. Uh, in terms of driving up uh, housing costs, uh, forcing people out of their neighborhoods. Uh, and then there was the anti-union aspect of Amazon. There's not one union representing any worker in Amazon. Any. And um, Amazon refused to even consider allowing uh, unions to attempt to organize their warehouse workers. I mean, those warehouse workers, believe me, those are tough, grueling jobs, and they don't pay much at all. If any job cried out for union representation, it is Amazon warehouse workers. So, you know, just F these people. Um, I'll read some of the letters to the editor, which I found um, myself saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, this from a guy named Peter in Brooklyn. Um, in 2017, Amazon paid zero dollars in federal income taxes. What'd you pay? Amazon paid zero in federal income taxes. Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. This is not a company that needs billions of dollars of our money as a bribe. So, here's another one. Just look to Seattle to see what would have happened in Queens. Many of the well-paying Amazon jobs they're talking about uh, would be taken by high earners that would increase housing costs, that would make rents go up, which would hurt small businesses, ordinary people. There'd be transportation gridlock. It would set off a chain reaction of displacement throughout the borough. And I, I, that is an assessment I absolutely agree with and would have happened here if they'd come here. Um, here's somebody else responding to him. Amazon says, and this is Amazon's quote, a number of state and local politicians have made it clear that they oppose our presence. And this letter writer says, no, they don't oppose your presence. They oppose giving you $3 billion in our taxes for 25,000 promised jobs. That's more than $100,000 per job, an amount that is difficult to justify, especially during a period of very low unemployment. This, by the way, is in Alexandria Ocasio, what's the last one? Uh, Cortez. <laughs> 
don't know why her name is bothering me. Uh, district. Uh, so, whatever. Just wanted to bring you that. Also, um, before I go, I want to give you another heads up of the stuff going on at the August Wilson Center. This is February 16th. Tomorrow, I mean, the Black Bottom Film Festival is going on there, but also... Felipe Luciano is uh, going to be uh, appearing at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And let me just tell you of uh, something about him. He is a founding member of The Last Poets. That is a revolutionary spoken word group. Uh, he is also a founding member of The Young Lords which is a 1960s activist group of Latino men and women, he, in his extraordinarily productive life, has been a news reporter, a news anchor, a lecturer, a poet, one of the most dynamic Latino public figures in the United States. And... Um, I wish I did know more about him. I wish I were here to go and get wowed and educated. So he is here at 7 tomorrow night. His eloquence, vision, and passion for issues of social justice are extraordinary and reflect the courage of a generation that chose to organize, to teach, and struggle against the powerful institutions of discrimination in this country. That is uh, Felipe Lucia Luciano, yet another. Uh-oh. Somebody's telling me I'm incorrect. Uh, Bree, uh, Highland, the Amazon headquarters would have been in a bordering district to AOC, not directly in it. Okay. But it's that area that put her in the, you know, I think Queens is one of the more sort of diverse and um, progressive areas um, of New York City. So, whatever. Uh, that didn't last long for him, huh? And just remember, all of the politicians, the mayors, the governors, the chambers of commerce, and everybody just tripping all over their feet, all over the United States, as Bezos watched, when they probably knew from day one what they wanted to do. But they got all these people to do all this work. Um, and they got a whole bunch of data and information. Um, I, I just, just disgusting. Zero income tax. Oh, God. All right. Uh, so, Trump did it, huh? Um, yeah, he's going to take money intended for, um, <coughs> intended for all kinds of other things, and he's just going to steal it to build his fucking stupid wall. Aw, <coughs> Randy Rainbow tweet, sorry. If you say Valentine's Day, you're a moron. I think my dad always said Valentine's, Valentine's Day, and he was no moron. Um, so, yeah, there's the president. God help us. Um, and here's how our Pittsburgh's own Howard Byman saying, Trump wants the confrontation with the courts. So this will end up in federal courts. He wants it because he'll run in 2020 against the judges. But he packed the fucking courts. Jeez. Uh, okay. Yeah, Trump declares a national emergency in the morning and then heads off to Mar-a-Lago to play golf this afternoon. George W. Bush declared a national emergency, I believe, on 
2001. That was a national emergency. Okay, well, I, um, I got my, uh, as a member in good standing of the ACLU of Pennsylvania, I, uh, I received um, my annual report, um, and maybe some of you did too, and I, I happened to be uh, paging through it uh, And there's so much stuff that we need to know. And I'm talking about Pennsylvania. And there is such a host of information, so much of it troubling <laughs> in here, but uh, the good news is, is the ACLU is fighting. I'm just going to give you a little bit of, um, for instance, in Pennsylvania, you and I, the taxpayer, we willingly or begrudgingly give up our hard-earned money and give it to the government. And we do that in the hopes that the government will spend it in a way that we would more happily and less begrudgingly uh, give up our money. And knowing something that I'm about to tell you makes our begrudgment <laughs> hard to part with. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania funds th the prisons of Pennsylvania, puts more money into incarceration of our people than it spends on education of our children. That one, just take that in. If, if you could, you know, magically wave your wand and say, okay, I'm in charge of the vast resources of uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I got this bag of money here. I'm going to take this huge thing, almost $3 billion, and I'm going to put that aside so that I can imprison more people than any other state, by the way, in the northeast of the United States. We're in the same company with southern states in how many people we throw in jail. And every person in jail costs you and me unbelievable amounts of money. Meanwhile, we can never find the money to educate our kids. The very fact that we spend more on locking people up than we do on opening our children's minds is an indictment that It's breathtaking. Pennsylvania has the third highest per capita rate in the country of individuals who are finally out of our prisons but on parole, which is, believe me, means that you blink wrong and they'll throw you right back in. And in fact, our prisons are filled with just an extraordinary number of people serving life without parole. How many black people you think in our in this uh, Pennsylvania prison industrial complex? Hmm. I mean, black people the make up ten percent of the population of Pennsylvania. Ten percent of the population. Black people make up 47% of our prison population. And you know why? Drug offenses. 
the same kind of drug offenses that I was mentioning the other day that somebody like John Boehner and other rich white people are now making money hand over fist, selling pot. You want a national emergency, that's, that's getting there. With liberty and justice for all. Bullshit. Not even close. This sense of America, freedom. Yeah? If you're not a member of the ACLU, will you join? I'll tell you, unlike your tax dollars, you will know that you are going to fight these kinds of injustices. The Campaign for Smart Justice is a nationwide ACLU uh, program uh, right now. And I have mentioned this before. It, when I first heard it was launched, I thought, you've got to be kidding. Because the goal is literally within the next two years to reduce the prison population in this country by 50%, 5-0%. And you say, wow, we're going to let all these people out that are in jail? Yeah, we're going to let them out because they never belong in jail in the first place. So the ACLU is, how do you do that? How do you get these people out? You make sure that you elect people who are understanding about this abuse. It is becoming a bipartisan issue. There needs to be reform of sentencing, reform of probation, reform of parole, reform of cash bail. As a matter of fact, end it, because that results in debtor prisons, which we also have here in Pennsylvania. That I can tell you about. It'll curl your hair. Being poor in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and getting a traffic ticket could end you up in jail. No problem. Because of court costs, which they slap on, and fines. And see, a lot of people don't have $150 to give to the court. And there are courts in this Commonwealth the jail people because they can't pay a traffic ticket. There is so much wrong, <laughs> but there is so much we can actively do to s push back and start righting these wrongs. And I, I just really... Uh, my tenure on the state board of the ACLU uh, ended in uh, in January. Um, and frankly, I feel like that sort of frees me up a little bit more to be more of a vociferous um, flag waver for the extraordinary work the ACLU does. Okay, so what else we got? Uh, one other little thing. No, don't have time. 10.59. So um, I'll, I'll see you guys in a, a week from Monday. I'm taking the week. I'm going to see my 96-and-a-half-year-old mom <laughs> who's going gangbusters and, uh, and Susan. So, um, and actually a dear old friend um, who I had, someone who's been friends with me since we were two years old. That's a friendship that goes back a ways. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. My only my only regret is I can't take my dog. Um but he'll survive. I'll survive. Uh whether or not the country will survive, who the hell knows. At any rate, I'll see you back then and uh be well, be safe, stay sane. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com.
The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.